Yo, hope everyone's having a great day so far, and welcome to the Life Podcast. All right, everybody. So, welcome back to episode three of the Life Podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest in my mind. I'm going to a little drum roll, please. The one and only Chad Pallad. For those of you guys that don't know Chad, he's a World Natural Bodybuilding Federation Physique Pro, a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer, and a member of the Fuego Dance Crew, who's featured in season three of NBC's World of Dance. And you're probably wondering, yo, how do you know such a multifaceted guy, a guy with such a unique resume like that? And to be honest, we just met at SDSU through mutual friends and by participating in Greek Week. Um, before we dive into it, Chad, I just want to say, man, like I, I feel so honored to have you on the show. Um, you know, you're such a such a unique guy, truly. Like your your work ethic is so unparalleled, and you really are one of a kind. And I'm I'm so excited to actually like sit down for the first time, even just like buddy to buddy, and have this conversation. Like it's it's gonna be so dope. I can't wait. That means a lot to me, Satish. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very happy to be here. Glad you invited me out. Yeah, let's, let's get it started. Cool, man. So uh, first things first, at, at what point did you know you wanted to begin your fitness journey and get into bodybuilding? So I've always been involved in the gym. Like uh, as a kid from a young age, my parents always brought me in and I was like always in the kids club area. But then as I grew older, I tried to experiment with weights a little more. But I think it stems from really not having like a thing you know like usually everyone every kid has like a sport or like a really good talent or something like that and I never really had that growing up um so I felt like hey why not try this gym thing like I'm a I'm a scrawny Asian kid I grew up in like a predominantly white community and I'm like okay first of all I think if I can if I can look like one of those guys like one of those Spartans from 300 like why not so I started training and Pretty much, um, it really took off, I think, during college. And um, lifting weights consistently, I started going on YouTube more, and that's where the foundation of most of my fitness knowledge came from. Mm. And then through trial and error, I um, started making some serious progress, and then I ultimately found Christian Guzman, whom both yes. you and I follow. You're rocking and the Alpha Elite right now. You already know. Love it. Uh, uh, he was a huge inspiration for me. I followed all of his content and I saw that he was competing in this men's physique thing. And mm-hmm. then I saw how they looked on stage and I was like, okay, I can do that. Like they look good. They don't look like, you know, those like typical bodybuilders that I juiced out on roids. Nothing against them, by the way. But I think I wanted to look a certain way, but not like sacrifice my health through like steroids and such. Um, so that sounded like a really good goal for me. So it was June of 2016 where I said, hey, one year from now, I'm going to compete on stage and whatever happens, happens. So I took the whole year and I started eating consistently. I started tracking my calories, my protein intake. I was eating about five meals a day and I literally went to the gym every day. I think the amount of times I didn't go to the gym in that year, I could count on one hand. I think Christmas because it was closed and for three days I was sick in March mm-hmm. but other than that I went literally seven days a week and you know it, it did pay off I went from 150 pounds to 184 wow in eight months That's and, yes <laughs> and um I definitely I was you know I was proud of myself I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like I did that def- I did not look like this back in June and at that time, around April, it was ready to cut. My show was scheduled for July, and I started this cutting process. I followed what Christian Guzman was doing, right? Um, which was really cool for me. He was kind of like my coach in a sense, mm-hmm. unofficially. But the whole counting macros, slowly decreasing calories, increasing cardio, and eventually I got lean enough to compete. I was ready. I ended up competing, and I got first place in novice men's physique. And um, I ended up winning the overall novice category. So I beat out the tall guy as well. That was my first show and the rest is history, man. It's been, it's been a huge part of my life ever since. Dude, that, that's insane, man. That really is a impressive journey. Cause like, um, you know, 
I feel like so many people, especially our age, um, and even the, the younger age when you did this, because it was obviously a couple of years ago at least, a lot of people just like want to hit the gym just because like, it's like, yo, I'm trying to get that beach body ready. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be like, I just want to like look good at parties and like at the bar, but like you took it to a whole nother level. And I think that's, that, that speaks a lot of your, your character and work ethic. You know what I mean? Like um, even like guys like Guzman, like he, he's gotta be like, what, like 26, 27 now. Yeah. And, and like, I, I feel like, I mean, dang, like if we were like 19 or 20 when you competed and we're like 22, 23 now, even for me personally, I feel like I grew so much um, mentally in that in that time frame. And the fact that you were so like like mentally strong and like prepared and, you know, like not like swinging around at that point of your life. Like, I'm so excited to see what the future holds because it, it truly seems like it's only going to be uphill from here. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, knock on wood if this whole pandemic ends. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. It's insane, dude. And I think that's a perfect segue into the next talking point I wanted to bring up, you know, with guys like Guzman. So you you post a lot on Instagram, and I love it too, about like uh, your workouts, rep ranges, um, you know, some fitness tips, where you're eating throughout the day with like the calorie count and the macros. Would you consider yourself to be a guy who just enjoys being this fit? Or do you want to eventually someday, like, take this into, like, a social media influencing path, like CG, Max Tuning, or, like, Shali Coker? Because, you know, like you said, like, a lot of your your fitness, like, knowledge comes off of uh, YouTube, which is such an, a, such an incredible platform. And even myself personally, and I know other people, like, they get a lot of their, you know, information from YouTube. Like, whether it be guys like Guzman or, like, Jeff Cavalier from Athlete X, like, there are so many resources have you considered like taking it onto that platform you know i absolutely have and it's really hard not to especially because um i feel like i've developed a sense of a, a credibility for myself in uh-huh. becoming a men's physique pro and um having just like now what is it four or five years of like consistent lifting and um you know social media really is a great tool and it's been a great outlet for me personally, just because I like creating content, first of all. Like, even if I had just like 10 followers, you know, I'd still want to post that content out there just because it's fun for me. But this, at the same time, like, if it helps other people, like, that just that's just a win-win, right? Yeah. So, um, in terms of like taking it to a bigger step, because right now I only post on my stories, really. Nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I want to get into a place where I have more time just to like develop more content. Um, Cause I don't really give myself that much time in the morning um, before work to film things and uh, create like the posts and the captions for all those videos. So I think the next step for me is giving myself more time in the morning to record my workouts and um, maybe even get a camera and start doing that because I, I do want to start taking my content a little more seriously just because I think the next step for me yeah. is becoming more of an online coach for people, especially during like quarantine. I did get an offer from EOS Fitness to become an in-person trainer, but I'm glad, you know, I didn't capitalize on that too quickly just because, you know, they're shut down right now. So that wouldn't even have worked out. Mm-hmm. But um, taking my time, I'm still enrolled in a nutrition certification um, course on NASM. So once I accomplish that, I think I'll be in a better position to create more both nutrition and like food and fitness content. And then putting both of those together, I think is going to really set me up for um, some good, some good content for people that, you know, want to see it. And from there, maybe start a YouTube. We'll see. I'm not opposed to it. But again, that's just going to take more time. And I am still 40 hours a week at Chick-fil-A. So that is still my focus, but I do have some free time and I want to start um, devoting that to more things that make me happy and that's fitness. So. That's awesome, dude. Like, I, I mean, like I could totally see you going with the, the online coaching thing. Do you follow uh, Brian DaCosta by any chance? I am very familiar with him. I don't follow him directly, but he was actually at the show my friend competed last year. 
And one in, uh, there was one in Sacramento he competed in. Yeah, it was that one. He was there. He looked wow. amazing. Like, he's, he looks phenomenal. Huge. Great conditioning. Yes, he's a beast. It's, it's crazy because, like, his his content, it, it's so, it's so, like, high quality. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you can tell, like, he, he's got, like, a really nice camera filming it. The editing's on point. And, like, like everything about it is, it, it, it's so, like, it's so well thought out and like his online coaching platform seems just like incredible for other people. And like, it would be, I could totally a thousand percent see you like taking it to that whole new level. And I, I love that. Like you're not, you know, being uh, complacent with it, whether it be how much you're posting and where you're posting or the quality of what you're posting, especially having a job that you're doing 40 hours a week that I do. Like, I know, I know exactly how you feel like working that many hours but also trying to make time for other things and also not like not settling with those other aspects like you you constantly want to grow and make things to the best level that you can and i think that's that, that's awesome and and like i said like given your character like that only it, it lines up perfectly and i love that so earlier you mentioned that you know posting on social media with your content it was it, it made you happy and um that was like an outlet for you and but to dive more into that like what is your favorite thing about fitness like what about it makes you so happy dedicated and in love with it because like i said earlier like there are people that take pride in their in their fitness and nutrition but y- you take it to such a incredible level like there has to be meaning yeah 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 Absolutely. So I think initially what got me going is the results, obviously, because, you know, if you do something and you get out what you put in, that automatically like reinforces you to keep doing it and keep it up. Yeah. So initially, that's what drove me. That's what kept me so um, motivated to keep going and um, keep pushing myself. But at, at this point, I'm really, you know, as a natural bodybuilder, I'm really close to approaching like my genetic potential like i don't think i can get significantly bigger than where i'm at now because mm-hmm. if you look at my picture now and if you look at a picture from when i first bulked in 2017 they're roughly the same mm-hmm. like there's a little more peg development a little more like arm but ultimately like i'm really really close to like not getting too much physically bigger than what i can be so that's that side of it has kind of like faded out and more so from through other people I guess because I I recently picked up another client um who I will I'll have her remain anonymous for now but it's I wrote her a plan I wrote her I gave her a macro count and I did all these things for her and then she sends me the videos of the workouts that I send her and um she shows me her macros at the end of every day and she's killing it and then seeing her um succeed and now her weight's dropping like we wanted to so it's like seeing her succeed in like the things that i wrote out for her it like that means like so much to me like it really takes this like to the next level for me and now that's like um i think my main source of um motivation and drive i guess or passion for it because obviously it's important to me it's something that um i take to heart is being responsible for my own workouts and my own nutrition. But now that I'm projecting it onto other people and they're getting the results that they want through my my coaching, it's uh, it's something really special. And it's something that I want to develop even more and eventually acquire more uh, clients as time goes on. I think I want to take on at least like two more within the next month or so actually. And once once that becomes like a larger source of income, I can start doing Chick-fil-A part-time and do more coaching and then eventually just be an online coach full time. Dude, so. that's, in, that's insane, man. I, I, I love that you're, you're doing this for other people too. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy because like, even like, I know what you mean. Like, even if it's like, you know that you've helped someone else, it's like their success feels like your success also. And it's, it truly yes. is like a, a special feeling. Like it was even for me too. Like if someone like reaches out to me and they're like, yo, like, I, I really appreciate the tips you gave on the blog or like the 
the podcast like i really like love and appreciate it like i relate to it or like it's a perspective i didn't look into and, and like and seeing that benefit them like that that feels like it's my success too you know what i mean and especially because like the the client you're talking about like they're trying to uh, cut down weight and obviously when you were competing you had to cut down weight eventually so you you know you know what it feels like to be like yo i need to lose this weight so and you can't be the only person on the planet that has those feelings so helping someone else solve those same feelings like that really is such a rewarding feeling 100 percent. and i think it's the best part of it is doing it in a like sustainable way because yeah. when i was competing it's you need to drop like this much weight in this amount of time and if that doesn't happen you are not going to win yeah so shifting that mentality to obviously a more sustainable like this is a lifestyle thing like after this is done we want you to like sustain the results you achieved because for me like i just needed to look this lean on this day and whatever happens after that you know is up to me but for the clients that i um acquire i really want them to be able to keep the things that they achieved. Like if they lost 20 pounds, we're gonna keep those 20 pounds off and then slowly increase the calories again and um, decrease the cardio. So that way they're not um, doing anything that they can't sustain at all. Right. And I think that's the biggest part of it. I think for me initially, I was like, okay, we're gonna, you need to be this strict and you know, no alcohol no sugar. You can't have this food, you can't, do this exercise and like all those restrictive things and all those those things get results it's being able to be flexible and adjust and really know what your clients goals are and accommodating to those right so um i think that's the biggest how i've grown in the past couple of years is being more open-minded and being more accommodating to other people because mm. just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else mm, true true i love that you brought up competing and and like obviously trying to get to a specific weight and uh mm. level of body fat percentage and just getting stage ready and I, I feel like um you know also like watching uh guzman's journey um obviously i know what that looked like because i follow him as well and you know what it looks like because you've been following him but for the people out there that don't necessarily know um how mentally and physically taxing competing is um could you give us like a little rundown or preview or sorry not preview overview of what it takes to properly prep like um like break down a, a day in the life of you know the earlier weeks then the middle weeks and ending weeks and even competition day yeah so it is it is 100 percent a commitment and mm -hmm. i think that's the greatest part about it is because like regardless you are stepping on stage on this day and you need to be ready and with proper planning um there's no reason why you shouldn't you know look your absolute best on that day and that in order to do so you need to be on point every day for the x amount of time you gave yourself to um, prep so for example i normally do about a 13 week um, cut and i lose about one to two pounds per week so for example for the first week i uh, i give myself a set amount of macros they're obviously going to be higher and closer to what i normally eat but um, compared to the week before i'm not really tracking my macros consistently but on this first week of prep, I am. So I'm, for example, I'll do like 275 carbs, 200 protein, 60 fat, and I'm eating that all week. And then I see how my body responds to that. Mm -hmm. On top of doing, I increase my step count and my cardio. So if I'm normally doing 8,000 steps a day, roughly, I'm gonna consistently hit at least 8,000 steps. And then on top of that, I wanna do cardio about three times per week, about 10 minutes, and then just see how my body responds to that for a week. And then if I lose, if my weight is dropping at about the rate I want it to, we're gonna adjust and then drop it a little more. So you're gonna drop your food, you're gonna increase your cardio just a little more. Um, you can either increase your steps by 10,000 to 10,000, or I would increase my cardio by five minutes or add an extra day. And um, from there, it goes to the roughly the middle week. So at the halfway point, uh, I am what, what what would you call beach lean, I guess. So most people are happy being like beach lean. You're, you're probably like 
nine, 10% body fat, you obviously have abs, you look great. And it's definitely a point where like most people would be comfortable looking and be happy with. Mm-hmm. But um, around this point, it's important to take like a diet break or they call it refeeds. But essentially, it's just going increase your calorie count again, just because your metabolism gets becomes so sensitive um, after a prolonged period of dieting. So after like six, seven weeks, I give myself two or three days to um, I get increase my carbs back to 300 because at this point, they're now probably at like 175, 150 mm-hmm. uh, at the halfway point. So I'll do that for a bit. And then um, I feel good again, obviously with eating more food, I feel better in the gym. And then that kind of assists my training. And in terms of cardio, probably halfway through, I think I'm doing, I'd say at least 30 minutes every day. So 30 minutes on the Stairmaster, nothing too intense. It's still like low intensity, probably like level eight or 10 on most Mm -hmm. uh, commercial Stairmasters. And I'd say I'm taking at least 12,000 steps a day. Wow. And then, you know, that's still, that's still not so bad. And from there, we're going to about peak week. They call it peak week because this is your last week, you know, obviously of cutting. And basically, if you're not ready by at this point, you're not going to be ready on stage. So it's the, at this point, it's these last seven days are really just like nailing those very last things. Um, if you need to cut water, you cut water. It's very individualized. There's no like set regimen for everyone. It really just depends how you're looking. But for me, usually it's, um, I start doing very, very low carb. I think like 40 carbs per day for four days, just to really get, you know, any last body fat out. Um, And I'm doing, God, last year I was doing 70 minutes of cardio, 70 minutes on the Stairmaster. Um, every day, that was every day. Oh my God. And so I did my weight training first because I was working at a gym, but I did my weight training first and then I worked with kids for eight hours. And then after my shift, I would go hop back on the Stairmaster because I think it's important to separate your weight training and your cardio mm-hmm. because those take significant amount of energy. So I prioritized my weight training in the morning and then I did my work that, you know, I got to make money eight hours a day. And then immediately after I went on to the Stairmaster, 70 minutes. And you know, it's funny because thing only goes to 60 minutes. So you have to like restart a new session on the Stairmaster <laughs> for another 10 minutes. And at that point I was like, man, I'm tired, but <laughs> I didn't do this. <laughs> so yeah, that's as brutal as it got. And then after that, I would eat and then I would go on a two mile walk just to get my steps up to 15,000 per day. Jeez. So um, in summary, yes, carbs, 40, protein, 200. I would work out every, I was working out every day. I was still on like a seven day split and I was doing 70 minutes of Stairmaster followed by at least 15,000 steps in a day. So that, it's tough, you know, but yeah. it's like, you really got to want it. And then t- to me, in my mind, I'm like, if I don't get this done, I, I'm not going to win. Well, first of all, I'm not going to win, but this, but mostly it's like, I need to do, what I need to do to look my absolute best on stage and right. whatever that takes, I am going to do it. And I think that's like the coolest part about competing is cause like the commitment aspect of it. Cause like, when, when would I be this committed to anything in life? Like this was such like a, a huge lifestyle change like every every meal is calculated every step i count every step every exercise every rep everything counts and i think by doing all of those things it made me believe that i will look my best on that day and then it made me care less even about what i would place because obviously you want to win you know everyone wants to win i, I didn't fly all the way to florida to want to lose mm. but i think controlling all the variables I could on my own. Like what more could you ask for? Like if I gave my absolute best and I still end up getting fifth, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna care as much because I did my best. I can't look, you know, bigger than them if they have like five, six years of training on me than my competitors. Like, you know, that I gotta control the things that I can control. Right. And the more I can do that, the less I care about how I place. And fortunately for me, I did win in last year in Florida. 
That was my first uh, pro win. So that was a huge accomplishment. I felt very happy with that. And um, I think I can definitely refine my, my cutting process more for, uh, for the next time I compete. But uh, last year's prep was definitely the, the hardest prep of my life, but also the most rewarding. Yeah, man, I, I could tell just like how, you know, like mentally taxing that was for you, like seeing you go through it all. But also like it, it's amazing seeing how much that's rewarded you. And, you know, you also like you mentioned, like pushing yourself to that level of commitment. It doesn't matter like how you place on stage Like you don't need a you don't, you don't need a reward or recognition to validate that like you know, uh, if I can do this, then I can do anything. Cause you'll always have that like in the back of your pocket. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like if there's, if there's anyone in, in this world that, that I know person that can handle adversity, it's probably you because you know, you, you were, you know, like I said for so long, like weightlifting in the morning, uh, going to work, you know, securing the bag, tr trying to like pay the bills, pay for groceries, rent, etc. And then doing that much cardio afterwards too. It, that truly is like an incredible feat. I think the thing is too, is doing that day after day, like it's not easy, you know what I mean? Like, like it only gets like harder. 100%. And, and it's just insane. And, you know, I'm just so curious now, like what would you say your, 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 your body weight and body fat percentage was at the beginning of your prep versus when you stepped on stage? So I, I actually reached my absolute biggest last year i think april of or march rather march rather of 2019 i was 192 pounds and that was i think yeah that was the biggest number i've seen on the scale of like my consistent like day-to-day -day weight mm -hmm. and i want to say i was like 20 percent body fat yeah because i think i was still in this uh mentality of like oh i still need to gain at least like one pound like a week or one pound every two weeks and to me that told me like oh i'm getting muscle i'm getting muscle but uh, i think i honestly did put on a lot more body fat than i needed to and that's something i'm still learning and i'm refining that kind of process but i went from 192 i want to say 20 percent body fat but i didn't measure to on stage, I think my lowest weigh-in I ever saw on the scale after prep, during prep, was 159.6. Oh my God. It's so like, what, like, what, like 36, 40 pounds? Yeah. Jesus. Quick math. Yeah, that's like 33-ish pounds. In 13 weeks, right? That was actually 18 weeks. I mean, still, holy Yeah, because I tried to do like a slower cut at first. So from 18 to 10 weeks, I, tried cutting as much as I could without cutting, um, without counting my macros actually. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to do like a more sustainable cut, like, hey, like I know how much roughly I'm eating and I know I need to do a little bit more cardio. So I did as much as I could without tracking anything. And then that got me down to about 179. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I, there was a solid week where like I did not, honestly two weeks, where I did not lose any weight from 10 to roughly eight weeks. And that's when I was like, okay, we need to start counting. Like it's getting closer to the show time. Like there's no, there's no more room for error now. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was like, okay, here's my macros. Here's my cardio. I'm going to follow this again. Like I did every year before. And that's when I started seeing my weight started dropping much more faster and consistently. And yeah, it was, that's a 159.4. I want to say the machine I used, it's not accurate. Because my friend used it and he was cutting as well. His, the machine said he was 1.3% body fat. Holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> you're, I know you're lean, but like, I don't know if you're 1%. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> this machine's being a little generous here. Um, and the lowest it said for me was four. But in my, in my eyes, I think I was like five or six percent body fat. And again, they don't, they don't measure your body fat on stage. They don't, right. they care less about the number. It's just how you look. Exactly. And because, because I retain a lot of weight in my, you know, buns and thighs, uh, which works for me because I wear board shorts and they don't see that. Um, my upper body is completely leaned out and my calves are like pretty lean. So that puts me in a really good position as a, 
as a men's physique athlete and it doesn't make that doesn't force me to um cut even more because if i wanted to get bodybuilding lean which is a whole nother category i'd probably have to get down to like 155 154 and then then i would be like three four percent body fat and that's going to take even more dieting than i was prepared to do at the time so mm-hmm. um maybe maybe in the future for that but yeah man and 33 pounds and like what 16 percent body fat change that's so. insane bro <laughs> wait so real quick what exactly yeah. is the difference between um bodybuilding convening and uh physique yeah so uh, men's physique is board shorts you're trying to look like the ideal beach body like the ones in the cover of magazines okay. fit magazines and basically it's like a, a watered down version of bodybuilding like they still want you lean um but the only time i lost competing was because the first place guy was leaner than me that was like that was literally it mm-hmm. and they do care about being very lean but size is still important you still got to be symmetrical but i think the biggest difference is the style of posing um and i think the men's physique complements me a little more it's a little a little more how would you say this extravagant flamboyant in a sense you're using um your arms more and you're creating like these lines that are much more different than bodybuilding versus bodybuilding it's very like straightforward you have to look symmetrical like if we cut a line in half the mm-hmm. same side look on both sides and uh it's a lot more forceful and a lot more like rigid mm-hmm. versus methodic you get a lot more um fluidity and a little more flexibility in your posing and the n- biggest difference i think also is how lean you have to be because obviously in bodybuilding you are wearing the the men's thong because you have to show off like literally every muscle including the glutes right which is you know one of the biggest muscles of the body so being able to show off everything means you have to have no body fat anywhere so for people like me that hold fat in buns and thighs you know the glutes and the, the quads and hamstring the board shorts like work for me as uh, a tool to kind of mask that but in bodybuilding you don't get any like cover you got to show right. it all if mm-hmm. you have any fat anywhere they're going to see it and that's going to make the difference between you know first second third fourth place wow i that's insane i, I didn't realize how much of a difference that made oh, yeah. um but a, a big thing you brought up that i want to dive into real quick was uh posing because i know i know the answer to this question i'm about to ask but for the people that don't know how important is you know learning and um you know perfecting your posing for the competition like how, how much time and effort do you put into prepping so because i am a dancer um i am a little a little cocky in this aspect of the of bodybuilding just because um, the poses aren't aren't so difficult, especially with a dancing background. Like we have four poses to hit, and on top of that, you get a transition between each pose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really having that dancing background really um, made that part of the that was the easiest part for me. But I know for a lot of competitors, that's actually their downfall because you can have the greatest physique, but if you're hiding it and you don't have you don't know how to show off your strengths and your um, the best aspects of your physique you're really losing a lot and that can really make the difference between placings mm-hmm. so i've actually coached a handful of people i think at least i've coached five guys actually a total of five men's physique competitors um to really help nail their posing mm-hmm. and um, because it really is such a huge part of the game and even shifting your hand just a little bit is make you look more symmetrical or it's going to bring your lat out a little more or you're going to show off your obliques more. You're not going to hide it behind your arm. And the transitions between pose to pose really show your confidence and that you're, you're prepared. That's the biggest thing. Um, right. A lot of guys that don't really know how to pose, just like, you know, they can have a great physique, but they lose that confidence on stage. And they're going to look mediocre next to the guy that was practicing his posing and that looks confident. Right. So... Being confident in your posing is a huge, a huge thing for stage presence. And the, the judges see through that like night and day. So 
and that can uh, that can make and break your your presentation too and like yeah. and like everyone knows like in in all you know in all walks of life no matter what you're doing like presentation is everything like whether it be like on stage at competition whether it be like the food you order at a restaurant or like your mm-hmm. even like your starbucks coffee it's like you go to you go to do these things you know and like obviously like presentation counts so it's important for that to to matter and like you said like that can separate you with someone else like if you and someone else are very very close um physique wise you're stepping on stage and like you guys can you know are both first place worthy and like it would be the first or second between the two of you like posing that's like that's for sure like that can be the deal breaker right there so you don't want that to be your one weakness exactly no weaknesses on stage exactly you gotta, be lean, you gotta have the muscle and then you gotta be able to present it mm-hmm. and um obviously i feel like it's like tradition either right after the competition or the couple of days after the competition to you know go crazy on like cheat meals and and uh cheat oh, days yeah. and, and foods do you have like a, a staple that you have like like oh. i gotta have that cake i gotta have something like what is it now we're getting to the good stuff yes crispy <laughs> <laughs> uh, cream has been like a religious yes. religiously like consistent treat like post show i think yeah i have a picture from my very first show with some crispy cream and my very last most recent show also with crispy cream. but um yeah donuts man i think it's a kind of like a like a competitor thing. I think most competitors choose donuts, like a celebratory donut, just cause like- So quick and simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the, you know, it's got that bready texture that we all miss. It's got the sweetness on top. It's mm-hmm. convenient, you know, like a cake you gotta cut and like yeah. frost gets messy on a cupcake and you know, cookies aren't as satisfying cause they're like thinner. Yeah. But one like big juicy bite of a Krispy Kreme donut. It's, yeah, Krispy Kreme. Oh. Melts in the yes. mouth, and you're like, Yo, yes, <laughs> dog, I want some Krispy Kreme right now. Yeah, man, I had uh, <laughs> and I, in Florida, I wasn't even sure if they had Krispy Kreme, but we went to the grocery store randomly, and they just had like a whole stand dedicated to like the smaller, like half dozen Krispy Kreme assorted donut boxes. And I was like, Oh my god, man, like. The Man. universe is watching out for me right now. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was literally so perfect. We were just there to get my like chicken and asparagus for like the, the day prior to the huh. show. But then the Krispy Kreme was there and I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. So it was teasing me the whole time, but I kept it in my, my show day bag. And the second after I got that first place medal, that was the first bite I took. And nothing tastes sweeter. It's so good. So now I kind of want to transition from you know, bodybuilding and fitness in a professional um, standpoint to more of like a day-to-day, you know, like a sustainable everyday lifestyle that people like me who don't want to compete kind of have. Um, So obviously, you know, losing weight, all that comes down to is calories in, calories out, um, you know, and obviously depending on what your body composition is as well on top of that you have to take into account your uh your macros and for for someone who's first starting their fitness journey or you know are trying to lose weight for the first time what's your take on all these trendy diets like keto paleo or atkins you know what i mean because i feel like there's a common misconception that like like, yo, if I want to lose weight, I have to do one of these. And I feel like there are, even with those specific ones, there's some misconception out there. Like, I know people people personally that are like, like, yo, like, I'm, I'm trying to hop on keto. So all that means is like no carbs. And I'm like, well, not necessarily. You know what I mean? Well, having tried keto, I did do keto for like two, three weeks uh, during my last prep, just because that was it was during that time where I wasn't losing weight and mm. I was like, okay, like now I need to start taking some extreme measures. And, um, looking into it, I was like, okay, keto definitely gets results and shifting your body's metabolism to choose fats for energy versus carbs. I was like, okay, that's different. I feel like that's going to get me some results. And it did, it did help. 
But at the same time, I feel like doing keto for those weeks also, I also sacrificed a good amount of my muscle in the cutting process because as you know, like when you lose weight, you lose fat, but you also lose muscle. And right, right now it's like for my clients, it's obviously trying to minimize the fat or minimize the muscle loss and like keep the muscle honestly even put on muscle while the fat drops but for me because i had a fixed amount of time and i needed to lose this amount of weight this fast i tried keto and i did lose a good amount of fat but i think i also lost a and that's why i really am not an advocate for any diet that like restricts any of like the three macronutrients mm-hmm. and aside from that you know like atkins or like veganism or anything else like that's that can be you know it, the best diet is the one that you can adhere to and right. if you if you don't have it's obviously going to be a little challenging but if you don't have a problem sacrificing your fats or choosing not to eat meat usually for ethical reasons like that's all on you and like kudos to you for that but my two cents on it like it's as simple as just counting quantifying your food man like Count how many carbs you're eating a day. Like, look at the nutrition facts in the back. Like, things like added sugar add so much unnecessary carbs and calories. Like, that's why I, I don't, th- I don't remember the last time I drank soda. Like, it's just a hundred calories of like emptiness. Like, exactly. I can feel the same fullness from drinking water. And like, okay, it kind of tastes good for like five seconds, but like, what does that really do for your body? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just counting, quantifying your food looking at the back of the, the, the nutrition, nutrition facts and uh, really seeing how much you're eating in a day. Like things like oil, people can like cook their food in oil and just and drench it. Go crazy, it. yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, obviously oil makes it taste good, but you gotta be able to like limit that and like actually like measure it out, use a tablespoon. Cause like some people's tablespoon is like splashing it on there and then other people like to measure it. So mm. definitely, Definitely make it consistent and the more consistent you are with your food and like the less like that's why eating out is like, you know, it's a great thing, but you can't exactly it's harder to quantify mm-hmm. like the food in um, from restaurants and stuff. So with my my current client right now, she does like to eat out a lot. And that's something I'm, as a coach, I'm trying to learn how to accommodate to. But um, there are restaurants that are a lot more like macro friendly than others. Chipotle. Sure. Yeah, uh, totally. It's a great one, for example, because you can um, see how much rice and how much chicken are on there. I've actually been like super weird ones. And I, like, I brought my scale and I asked them to use my scale. I'm like, hey, can you just put like four ounces of rice on there? <laughs> Two ounces of beans, the four ounces of chicken. And they actually did it. You know, I was happy for that. But um, those are little ways that where uh, eating out can still be a productive um part of your fitness goal whether you're trying to gain or lose weight so no fat diets i'm into just eating how you are but obviously substituting more nutrient dense foods which at the same time are going to be more filling than you know things like soda alcohol and whatever else and you know it's i feel like another um thing i want to talk about too is a lot of people when they when they step into the gym and they maybe want to you know lose weight and cut fat a lot of people will kind of be like oh man like the i don't like how much fatter on my thighs or on my calves or or on my uh my chest lower abs sides whatever Is, is there is it possible to spot reduce fat in target specific areas or is that like a not a real thing that is an absolute myth. I think it's been debunked multiple times throughout multiple papers and experiments. But yeah, fat reduction is uh, is pretty even throughout the body. And you know, where you hold fat is very genetic. Like some people hold more in their you know belly area. Some people hold it in their arms more. Some people hold it more in their legs. And it's even interesting to see um, throughout uh, when I'm out in the public and just working at Chick-fil-A and you know, when you're dieting down, that fat is going to come off. It's just how long you're willing to stay in that caloric deficit will you see the fat go down in those areas. Mm-hmm. So for me, like uh, losing fat in my thighs, that's going to happen if I become really, like, really lean. And like, 
Um, so if you want to lose fat, like in your face, in your stomach, in your thighs, wherever it is, you have to stay in that um, calorie deficit long enough in order to um, muscles come out and become tone, as people say, or just lean. So spot reduction, not a thing. Just yeah. count your calories, video, and over time, you will see those aspects of your physique change. And, and going off that, um, is it truly possible to burn fat and build muscle at the same time? And like, or would you suggest doing one thing before the other, like whether that be, you know, trying to put on more muscle and a little bit more body fat too, and then cut or, you know, vice mm-hmm. versa? It really depends what your starting point is. And, um, but recently there has been a lot more work established with losing fat and putting on muscle at the same time, which really sounds like the epitome of fitness. I think everyone kind of wants to lose fat and put on muscle at the same time. Yeah. But paying attention to your fitness goals and your starting point, like if you are an obese individual, I think your priority really should be losing the fat more. And Um, depending on what your starting point is, like if you are just like a, a husky dude that already has a lot of muscle, um, you'd be eating like a high protein diet and then just reducing your calories a little more and increasing your energy output in order to, in order for that fat to come off. Mm-hmm. But if you have no muscle at all and you're just an obese individual, working out and increasing your protein intake and counting your calories, you will put on muscle and decrease your fat at the same time. Like your body composition is going to be a lot more significant compared to um, someone like me. I'm pretty like average fat. I feel like I feel like I'm like around 15% compared to like my normal. So for me, like those those changes and in like increasing muscle and putting on fat are going to be a lot more minor and like subtle versus compared to like a more obese individual. So it is a thing and you really have to pay attention to what your goal is. I think if you want to put on a significant amount of muscle much more quickly and you're a, like a thinner individual, I think being in a cal- caloric surplus, like a slow increase in your calories while working out consistently, you will put on muscle while not gaining too much fat at the same time. So again, context is important, but depending on what your fitness goals is, you really can do both at the same time. That's actually really helpful advice. Um, <laughs> that I, that I'm going to take for sure. Cause I feel like personally, I'm at a point too, where it's like, I do have um, some body fat left on me currently. Like, like right now I'm weighing in at 155 and 14% body fat. Okay. And, um, and obviously like, well, for me personally, I kind of have, uh, skinnier limbs and most of my fat is stored like around my stomach so mm. I feel like if I you know go like a higher protein diet and bump up my calories a little bit more than I had before when I was really trying to lose weight I'll be mm. on my way and obviously yep. continuing to weight train and not go crazy on my cardio you know what no I mean? not at all I um, think just enough to uh just enough to be healthy because cardio a lot of people think cardio is like a weight loss tool yeah and it is but it's also just an important part of cardiovascular health and regardless of whether you're cutting or bulking or not i think everyone can benefit from just a healthy amount of cardio mm-hmm. like 15 30 minutes three four times a week that kind of segues into the next question i wanted to ask like because i feel like there are a lot of common mistakes uh myself included that people make when it comes to their fitness goals like for me personally freshman year of college i i lost like 30 pounds but i also was doing like an hour of cardio like every day for like that entire like school year and Mm -hmm. it was so bad because like sure i i did lose weight number wise but like i lost a lot of strength and um muscle mass because i had previously like i i'd played football in high school so like lifting getting strong for that was that was a part of my lifestyle and like I wasn't able to you know push the amount of weight that I was able to in high school and that was a really discouraging thing so what are the most common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to their fitness goals and um you know how how do you think people should go about them moving forward I think the more gradual the better I think a lot of people lose um, sight of 
what it is they what it is they're trying to accomplish by slapping on too much at once and i, I see a lot of times where that um, ultimately leads to them like fading out and just giving up completely so just subtle changes in your diet like if you're not quantifying your food start doing that like buy a food scale and see how much it is you're really eating and then try and making that more consistent from day to day and then that alone is gonna you know achieve results in, in your body composition and losing weight and or gaining weight if that's your goal but same thing with cardio i feel like slapping on 60 minutes of cardio immediately is not productive exactly and it's not great for you but um if you're not doing cardio at all try doing just like 10 minutes three times three times a week or um, going on a walk after dinner increasing your step count like if normally i think most people have like a device like an iphone that tracks your step count or an apple watch Mm-hmm. If you're normally doing like around five to six thousand steps per day, try increasing that to seven or eight thousand at least. And from there, monitoring your progress and um, adjusting. So it's really just about being smart and looking at your variables, you know, how much steps you're taking, how much cardio you're doing, and quantifying your food, and then making minor adjustments to um, complement what it is you're trying to achieve, whether that is weight gain or our skinnier individuals or weight loss for our thicker individuals. Mm-hmm. So slow and steady wins the race. Um, don't, and not beating yourself up for not um, making X amount of progress in X amount of time. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds in a month. And if that doesn't happen, then, you know, f- me. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, some people, and I think that's one of the, like, the poisonous things or toxic things about, um, social media is like we do see those people that can lose that amount of weight that fast but what you don't see is like what it took to get there and whether or not that was like a sustainable way of getting there yes like oh like awesome you well, you lost 10 pounds in a month but like what did you do like you don't know like maybe they're eating like a thousand calories and they're doing like two hours of cardio every day yeah like you know kudos to them if they want to live that way and they're happy with that lifestyle but it's ultimately not something that you know that typical person can sustain in their life and if you can't sustain your results then what are you doing exactly you know? so taking things slow and being realistic with your goals and having a coach you know that's very helpful too it's i think the coolest thing about hearing feedback from my clients is just having someone that's really holding them accountable for what they're trying to achieve like my one of my earlier clients she said just having me in the back of her mind whenever she was making food decisions like she was about to pour her glass of wine herself a glass of wine and she was like eh would Chad want me to do this and she was like uh oh, probably not yeah <laughs> do I really do I really need this glass of wine right now and she was like oh probably not mm-hmm. so the person in the back of your mind like rooting for your goals and rooting for your success but also setting up your calories and controlling your cardio and making sure you're you're happy and you're healthy, but you're also on track to achieve your goals is a, is a huge thing. I totally agree, man. hundred percent. And and I think too, like going back to, you know, um, figuring out like your step count and things like that, like it's so important for you to, you know, know yourself and your lifestyle already and not try to do anything super drastic that can mm-hmm. change that. Because like you said, sustainability is key. And if you can't sustain that lifestyle, then, you know, you could make, progress that but that can just be wiped out completely like for me personally like my lifestyle includes like i pretty much sit at a desk all day you know what i mean like with work and um everything else i do like creative wise like like i mean come on like even right now recording this podcast i'm sitting at my desk and i i have to i have to work around that and there are people out there that like maybe um work with kids with like summer camps right now so they're outside all day like walking around and you know and they can adjust accordingly to them and it's so important to you know know yourself and like you said like not beat yourself up and recognize that um you're your own person and your changes and results may not be the same as someone else's like everyone's different and um yeah you just got to go about that accordingly and speaking about like lifestyle changes involving fitness this pandemic 2020 COVID-19 it's been a you know it's been a doozy that's for sure 
and you know some people put on quote-unquote quarantine weight or just haven't been able to keep the muscle and strength that they have because of you know gyms closing and just reopening and closing again and etc the, the the list of problems seem to be endless right now right do, do you have any tips or hacks for people that you've incorporated or or trying to incorporate now involving fitness with the pandemic i think you know that's a it's a it's a great question because for a lot of people it really is different i think a, i've seen a lot of people actually benefit from the gym's closing because they can like focus on all their other goals that aren't fitness related for for a little more mm-hmm. um, i've had and, that experience too yeah so it was honestly great for me i was you know the gyms were closed for those three months from march to uh i'd say like mid-june and in that time i was i finally got my nasm certification done i focused on my mental health a little more mm-hmm. i was talking to my family more and all those little things like um with life outside of fitness i felt like i was able to capitalize on more so but at the same time i was still doing like a good amount of home workouts i started running more just because i wanted to focus more on like my heart health because i wasn't regularly doing any type of cardio before i was just trying to get like a good amount of steps in but um, elevating my heart rate and things like that just focusing my fitness and like other aspects so in terms of i think most people are like concerned with gaining weight and um, acquiring this quarantine bod of like getting fat and saying fuck it um i you know i I disagree with that i don't think quarantine is really a reason for that i don't think it's a reason why you should like let go of yourself completely Mm -hmm. um if anything you know it gives you with all the restaurants and stuff closed it gives you more time to eat at home and like prep those meals and uh stay more on track with at least in regards to nutrition and as uh, as limited as most people are with their equipment for home workouts, like honestly that you should have enough to at least like keep what you have and just stay, you know, healthy, whether that's resistance bands or like, I, I posted a couple videos using like things around the house. I used my luggage. I used my roommate as weight, you know, weight is weight regardless <laughs> of what that is. So just being creative in that aspect and, um, you know, lifting just because, you know, it feels good and you're trying to keep what you have. But is it optimal for progress? Are you going to, you know, look like a superhero after quarantine? Maybe not. But if you're taking those little steps to be accountable for your health, I don't see quarantine as really a reason why that should decline. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I feel like that a lot of times people are trying to make, you know, quarantine as the 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 quote unquote a perfect excuse to not do things you know what i mean like all i all i can do now is just be lazy and sit on the couch or stay in bed and watch netflix and it's like sure you could take that route but like <laughs> like 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 the world hasn't exploded like the world isn't over there's still a lot you can do if you like put in that effort and have a a growth mindset you know what i mean yes um yeah so that's that's perfect advice and like you said weight is weight and you can get resistance bands i myself got resistance bands and you know that's been a game changer for sure that pretty much concludes all the questions and talking points i had and the time that we have for this recording so we're gonna wrap it up right here and before we sign off chad i just want to say thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it having this conversation just catching up with you has been uh spectacular you know, it's great to see that you're, you're doing well, working hard. And, you know, it's been it's been really um, this conversation has been such a, a great learning opportunity experience for me personally. Just listening to you. I feel like I I'm coming out of this conversation a lot smarter and better than I was coming into it. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. That really makes me happy. And, you know, I feel the same way, too, because just talking about what I've done and what I want to do, it motivates me even more. So this has been like the perfect um, thing for our, both of us, I feel like. And I'm really looking forward to more of your content. Um, it was a pleasure to be here and upwards and onwards, man. Yes, sir. Keep on keeping on. Yep. Love you, bro. I'll catch you later. All right. Peace and love. Peace. All right. So that concludes this week's episode of the Life Podcast. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And if you can, go ahead and leave a rating, review, or comment below to support the podcast. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at Life of Satish. That's L Y Y F E O F S A T I S H. Thank you guys again for tuning in, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.